Welcome to the Productivities Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Vardy. This week's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Transpose, the smart, collaborative, and customizable way to manage information. I'll have more about Transpose during the podcast, but for now, let's get on with the show. Welcome back for another week of the Productivity is Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Productivity is Founder and Productivity Strategist, writer, speaker, author, all that stuff, podcast host, uh, Mike Barty. And I want to share with you an episode this week that does have a few little sound issues uh, because Skype was not being nice to us. Uh, both uh, my guest, Ari Mizell, and I were uh, hardwired, so there was no wireless stuff going on. And he was in a you know fine co-working space, and I was in the usual Productivityist HQ headquarters. Uh, yep, that's redundant right there. Uh, in the HQ studio, and uh, we just had uh, Skype was just giving us some a little bit of issues. So uh, I apologize for a little bit of the warbling that's going to happen. We cut out quite a bit of uh, that aspect of it as much as we could. John Polster again doing as a great job in terms of cleanup. And uh, if you want to hear the whole podcast, because you're getting about 75, about 70 to 75% of the entire discussion that Ari and I had. Uh, if you want to get the whole meal deal, especially the part where we start talking about parenting and, you know, how, uh, uh, you know, how he deals with some of that stuff, uh, you will have to go to or you would want to go to patreon.com slash productivityist and pledge any dollar amount from $1 all the way up to 100 if that's what you want to do. And uh, that way you get exclusive content that you wouldn't hear on the general podcast as well as bonus episodes every week as well as even more stuff. So uh, head over to patreon.com slash productivityist and you can level up and pledge your patronage today. Uh, this week I do have Ari Mizell on the show. He is the founder of Less Doing, and I really do admire the stuff that he's doing there. Um, we've kind of gone on similar trajectories in terms of our, you know, different reasonings why we started to get into you know, productivity and, and uh, leveling up the human experience, for for lack of a better term. And and that's not something he said. It's just something that I think he does. Um, with his less doing model, his less doing approach, much like my now year method, um, you know, he, his approach is very centered on it's it's a simple one, but it does require a mindset shift. And we dive into that as well as a whole bunch of other stuff over the next, uh, you know, 20, 25 minutes or so uh, here on the podcast. So why don't you why don't I just sit back, relax and you sit back and relax and enjoy the discussion I had with Ari Mizell here on the Productivityist podcast. I'd like to welcome Ari Mizell to the show. Ari, thanks for joining me this week. Thanks, Mike. It's good to talk to you. So we we finally met this past, uh, like only a couple months ago. We've been aware of each other, and I think we've engaged a couple times online, uh, but you finally came to my city, what, was it about <laughs> three months ago? <laughs> I, think, I think so, yeah. You're, you're a beautiful city of uh, Victoria Falls, or Victoria, which I thought was actually really wonderful. Yeah, I mean, you were, you were in and out, but Victoria is, I mean, wh- where you got to go was like basically the best part, right? Right downtown. You got to see, you know, what Victoria looks like right from, uh, you know, but it, 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 we I had a great time just getting, just hanging out with you and seeing, you know, I, I got to see you deliver a talk. 
And, um, you know, at that point, I'm like, I got to get Ari on the show. We got to talk because, I mean, I want to get people to understand you're, you're, for, we had a lot of things that I was like nodding my head in, in the crowd yes, as you're talking. Yes. There's a lot of this, like, <laughs> oh, yep, yep. So I want to talk to you. The first thing about, first thing I want to talk to you about is, uh, and this is going to surprise a lot of people. So we'll just get right, this right out of the way. So what do you use for your to do list, Ari? Like, what task management, what, what task manager do you use? Are you serious? I'm dead. I'm, de- I'm deadly serious. I'm deadly serious. Can you tell? Because our listeners are probably like, this guy's super. I mean, some people know about you, and you're, there's always going to be some preamble. They're going to get to know you. But let's let's find out what is Ari. Ari's got a lot going on. What does he use for his to do list? What's his task manager? Well, well so obviously the reason that I'm asking that is because, uh, as I think you know, I don't have a to do list. I don't believe in to do lists. I'm actually vehemently against to do lists. <laughs> so uh, I I don't. Uh, what I have is two things that would would closely resemble one, but it's really not a to do list. Uh, I, I use Evernote for big projects, and I'm actually looking at my project folder right now, no notebook, and in it are really really big hairy projects like uh, less doing app. I'd like to create a less doing app, and what happens there, and the reason it's not a to do list is that. There's only seven notes in there, seven projects that I want to work on. One is related to a TV show. One is related to my next book, another podcast. So really big things. And then I will jump in and out of those every now and then and add notes or thoughts or things or spark an idea. But there's no, there's really nothing actionable in there. Uh, what I use that would be closest resembling a to-do list would be followup.cc. So uh, people are probably familiar with Boomerang. It's very similar, except it's platform independent. And basically what followup.cc allows you to do is you can send an email to uh, three days at followup.cc or 8 p.m. at followup.cc or Monday, 9 p.m. at follow-up, whatever, any time period you want at followup.cc. And when that time period comes around, you'll get that back as a reminder in your inbox. And you can also use it to BCC on emails that you might send to people. And the way that I use that is to create a very hyper specific and short uh, action item basically because I really believe that there's only three actions with anything whether it's email papers or things that you have to do is you can either delete it uh, deal with it or defer it and if you can't deal with it right now you need to, to defer it and that's not the same as procrastinating deferring is where you're taking a very active decision to say there is a better time and possibly place for me to deal with this particular kind of task and I'm going to Make it so that it only appears at that time, and I'm never going to think about it otherwise, and it won't distract me. It's interesting when we when when I I mentioned this, and I think it was somebody else that kind of asked you a little bit at, at the talk, and the looks on their faces were kind of like, "What? What do you mean? Like you don't have any kind of place that you like? You don't have like a project management tool that that most people think of?" But realistically, I mean. When you defer, you even mentioned this. I mean, you defer and then you – that's basically when you defer, you're saying, I need to look at this again at this time. It may still not mean that you executed at this time though, right? Like you may look at it again and go, okay, you know what? The time isn't right to do this again, so let's you know do a do the deferral. But like you said, it's not procrastination. It's it's making a conscious choice. It's, it's I mean, what you've done is kind of built this hyper-aware kind of uh, approach to things that – now, obviously, this didn't happen overnight. Most people are like, well, this this is not possible. I can't do this right away. How did you make this kind of approach to, uh, you know, task management, for lack of a better term? We'll just call it that for the sake of it. How did you make this thing work over uh, over a period of time? Like, how long did you would, did you figure it would take for this kind of thing to be the, the way that you could approach your your work as as opposed to what most people do, which is grab an app, figure that that's going to solve their problem, which we both know it doesn't. And and then just go just run with it. Like how 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 long did it take for you to kind of make hone this thing? 
Uh, well, okay, so I have, I have to give you kind of a long, kind of circuitous answer to that, but it, it, not too long, but it, it, this will make sense in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so first of all, there's a number of problems with our communication tools in general. Uh, people have a really weird relationship with their communication tools, and, and a lot of what I do with Less Doing is I really try to get people into a different mindset to understand not just like that they have to download a bunch of apps and use this, and that's really not the point. It's really about how you approach the work. So email is a really odd thing, in my opinion, because it, no one ever teaches you how to use email, ever. There's no, I mean, now there's courses online, of course, but there's never a course of how to, how to write email, how to deal with email management. And we're given this thing where we can communicate with you know, anybody on the planet, basically, and it, it's, it's unwieldy. And what the inbox ends up being for a lot of people is a to-do list that's filled by other people, right? So that's a real problem, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I realized that very quickly. And it, it's weird because I was in the construction business after college, which, how old are you, Mike? I am 41. Okay, so I'm 32. And I think that I'm a really interesting age because, uh, and, and people of my generation, well, not even my generation, but like specifically like, people who are currently between 30 and 34 because those are the people who remember life without computers and they remember life without cell phones. And I, I mean, I remember my first cell phone, which mm-hmm. was like a, a huge flip phone. And, I, you know, I really, I'm not, my father obviously was 72, and but I, I still feel like I've seen a lot of this email revolution sort of grow up around us. And I actually believe that we're moving to a place of not inbox zero, but email zero. Mm-hmm. Because of all the other communication me- mediums, I mean, Slack alone is something that's cut down my email communication by probably about sixty percent, and mine is already very low. So, the way that this came about to sort of get back to answering your question is that I, I think I realized very quickly that the inbox was not something I had control of because it was being filled. So I had to change that some way. And a lot of what I do in general with less doing is about creating restrictions uh, artificially, artificially uh, limiting restrictions. Sorry, artificially. Uh, restrictive limitations and seeing if I can find the solution. So I, at some point, I think I tried to see if I could only have 10 emails in the inbox, never have any more than 10 emails in the inbox. And that obviously required me not doing my email a lot myself. So somehow out of that, I basically developed this this idea of timing and deferring things as opposed to procrastinating. And, and I, it didn't take very long. And when I implement this with people, it, it takes a, a couple of days, honestly, to like get used to it. So how do you get people to kind of shift their mindset about, you know, like I have all this stuff that's going on. I want to do less, you know, and the stuff I want to do, I want to make sure is, is, is the stuff I really want to get done and, and they're going to really move me forward and, and the goals and, and all the stuff that I really want to have out of life. How do you how do you help with that mindset shift? I know you've got like a three prong approach to it. Yeah. So basically the way that I, I, I do it with people is I have them optimize, automate, and outsource everything in their lives, including their health, in order to be more effective. And it's really important to look at things in that order. And you can apply this to anything in your life. So a lot of people outsource things. And that's very easy to do nowadays, fortunately. But the problem with it is that it really ends up distancing you from the problem. And it doesn't actually make you more efficient in most cases, it, it, quite the opposite in a lot of cases, uh, as we actually have seen with this recent sort of implosion of virtual. So many people were depending on their virtual assistants, and a lot of those people don't take the time to systematize the things they do. So if that point, if that weak point is gone, then it's gone. 
So we have to start with optimization. And with optimization, we're really looking, a lot of it is honestly self-tracking, is you're looking at actually how you're using your resources, how you're going through your day, how you're spending money and time and energy. And a lot of that can be done with apps or things that can track this stuff automatically for you. Once you do that, first, first of all, that gives you a good look at what you're doing, but it also gives you that sort of psychological sense of control. Because what I find with a lot of people I deal with who are telling me every day that they're overwhelmed, which is that's basically like that's what I hear every single day, that people are overwhelmed. A lot of that overwhelm comes from a simple lack of awareness of what's causing the overwhelm. So the control in the digital world is, is really important. Now, the second part is to automate. And that's really become like my playground because we can automate things today that three months ago a person had to do. It's shocking how quickly technology has sort of picked up the pace on that. And then if there's anything left over after we automate things, that's when you first look at outsourcing to a specialist or generalist so that everybody in the line, everybody along the line rather, can be as efficient as possible. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepasswordcom slash ProductiveConvo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there, and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now... You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. 
Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. Let's take a break from the show to talk about Transpose. It's our sponsor this week and, and really... They describe themselves as a next-generation workspace to manage everything, your work, your team, and your business, all in just one place. Now, I'm not normally a fan of a tool that can do so much, uh, and, and, you know, I mean, I've talked about this before, is I like things that do one thing very well. Transpose happens to do a whole bunch of things really, really well, and when you start to think outside the box with a tool like Transpose, you can really, really make it work. Uh, they've got a whole new interface, which I think is really, really cool. Um, you know, they've they've taken a lot of feedback from users and said, hey, you know, we want to make this yours. We want to have uh, have a platform that you can use for a variety of different use cases. I'll give you an example of one of the ways that I'm using Transpose right now. So Transpose has a, has a Kanban view, but they also have a calendar view. So I'm building a project right now. It's a series of, it's basically November for me is a big, big month. November 2015 is, is, is a month and I, I'm not sharing it completely as to what that means for everyone yet. We're about two weeks out, three weeks out from when I'm going to share, about two weeks out from when I'm going to share that. But but I am mapping this thing out right now. And yes, I've used mind mapping tools before. And yes, I've got outlining tools that I've used. But what I like about this is I can collaborate with people on it. So I can say, hey, here's what things are going to look like. But I can also look at it in a viewpoint of, okay, this is the Kanban view. So here's the different you know, different projects that I'm working on and here are the different steps behind it in terms of deliverables. And here's the launch dates. So I can see all of this in one application. And, you know, I mean, yes, you can have calendaring in other tools. And yes, you can have Kanban in other tools. But this is more about the managing of information for me as opposed to the managing of tasks. And so in in my task application of choice, I'm using the resource-based mode of transpose to point me to transpose because transpose is going to handle this far more effectively than the existing tools that I've had. And and you, you if you've been listening to me for a while, you know I'm not a huge adopter of new tools. Like I don't dive all in. You know, I, I kind of keep keep my toe in in in, in the water, uh, dip my toe in the water and keep my foot firmly entrenched in another tool before I make the jump. But I've had the chance to use Transpose for a while. They've got a new Android app. So if you're an Android user, you can get you can get the most out of that. And if you are an iOS user, there's a great iOS app as well. The look overall is great. And, and I've, I've gone, you know, I've really spent some time in that. We're going to be doing some other stuff with Transpose in terms of productivity is that, that are kind of maybe use cases that you wouldn't normally think of. And I'm going to talk about those more down the line. Um, because I'm sure this isn't the last you've heard of Transpose on this podcast. But what what I want to share with you right now is that Transpose is free for people, and I'll give you the pricing models here. So if you look at Transpose, they've got Transpose Prime and then the Transpose Free plan. So here's what you get for free. So if you're looking at getting Transpose just for free, here's what you get. 
two gigabytes of data, 10 templates, and up to five collaborators on uh, in, in Transpose. If you go to Prime member, which is $14.99 a month, you unlock all the stuff that Transpose can do, including uh, uh, and join a community of, of creators that are part of the Transpose community. You get unlimited templates, unlimited storage, unlimited collaborators, and an ad-free forms and PDF files. So for big teams and large projects, you'll want to go with Prime member. And if you're just starting out, but you want to you know, dip your toe like like... I did to start, uh, then you can get uh, you can you can start with the the free membership, and it's always going to be free. So that you know, and then there is the prime membership, which is always going to well, not always going to be fourteen ninety nine, but it's fourteen ninety nine a month right now. And they look at it prime. What's interesting about Transpose is they look at pr- as prime as as a membership, not a subscription. So basically, you you actually get a membership card, which is kind of cool. Like I mean, I, having worked for Costco. I know that there's something to be said for having like a like a, a card that says, "Hey, look, here I am. I'm a member," and you get all the stuff that Transpose has to offer. So, the, again, the features for for the Prime membership is unlimited public and private templates, unlimited storage. You can collaborate on templates, and you can have unlimited templates, of course, as I said, even with people who don't use Transpose and don't have it. So that's how I've been able to to leverage it as well. You have exclusive meetups if you want to do that, and you also get the membership card, and you can get experience features before they're even released through their labs component. So. I would highly recommend giving Transpose a try. There are so many different use cases, and I'm going to dive into them a little bit more. There's actually a great help and support area as well. So there's a getting started tutorial. There's a lot of things. So you can dive in and spend. And what I would do initially, if you're going to start out with Transpose, is spend about 15 to 25 minutes a day just getting acquainted with it. And you'll have more structured notes to manage your business and your life. With these drag and drop templates, there's so much goodness in Transpose. So again, uh, go to transpose.com, check it out. I'm really happy that they're a sponsor of the Productivity Podcast this week, and I look forward to hearing more. And, and if you have use cases for Transpose that you want to share with me, please drop me a line, send me an email, and uh, you know, send it to info at productivityist.com, and we'll I'll, I'll talk about them because I, I'm really, really excited about what these guys are building. Uh, again, transpose.com. Tell them Mike sent you, okay? And now let's get back to the show. So let's talk a bit about the automation because that really is your playground. That's some of the stuff that when I was sitting in that talk, and I mean, I've fall again following your work for a while. I mean, I've learned about a ton of automation tools from you, uh, you know, and that's an area where I, frankly, I still kind of stagger behind because, uh, you know, I mean, it, like a lot of people. Uh, when they first start looking at it, like, oh, setting that thing up takes some time. And I don't really know. Again, you have to optimize first, right? You have to kind of have a sense of, okay, what do I need to get rid of? Some of the, like, let's talk about some of the tools that you use to really kind of automate uh, or and that you share with people to kind of automate things so that they can really, you know, get that time back that they need so they can really do the things that they ultimately can only do themselves. Basically, there's a couple tools that I find to be hugely effective with, Automation. And to be clear, when we're talking about automation, I really mean things that you can set up and forget about, things that will just run in the background that you don't have to think about, do anything about, and you can go back to what you're doing. Now, things like IFTTT and Zapier are particularly amazing because what they do is not that complex, but basically the kinds of actions that take you 30, 45, 60 seconds to do, but you're doing them hundreds of times a day sometimes. IFTTT and Zapier can get rid of those completely. Now, once you become a little more comfortable with IFTTT and Zapier, you can actually take things quite to the next level and you can use them in some cases to create minimum viable products. Uh, I recently launched this less doing assistant 
virtual assistant service and the entire thing is built on these free tools and it goes through the process of optimized automated outsource so what we did for example is we had a process for onboarding clients so it, we, we kind of hobbled it together and then we wrote it out in Evernote and we had all of the all the steps and there were things with Toggle and with Trello and setting up new accounts and all the things and then we looked at that process we got it kind of you know, optimize first. And that means that it's basically a really effective checklist. But then I went to work on it and I looked at how we could automate things. And I was able to automate the entire process through several interactions between Zapier, IFTCT, WooFoo forms, Dropbox, a couple other things. And now that process, which was already optimized and probably would have taken an individual 15 minutes to do, now is completely automated, which means that it's error-proof and scalable. That's see that's that's impressive because once once you can do that and once you automate the right things uh then you can really like what what has that done for you I mean obviously the the uh, you know what what have you been able to do because of the amount of automation that you've kind of added to your life and like you said it's, it, and I think you were trying to touch on this earlier is that if you have if it, automating before you optimize and, and you know, if you have bad habits technology will only amplify them now let's go through your work week because you talked earlier, you touched on a little bit about how you your work days are Monday, Wednesday. Now you've got family, you've got that. So what like can you give uh, my listeners a bit of a walkthrough of like what Monday to Sunday kind of looks like for you so they can see okay, well, this is what less doing can do for them if they if they apply themselves. Right. So now you know, keep in mind, of course, I'm not telling people that they should work on Monday and Wednesday, mm-hmm. but that, that is my work week. And mine is Monday and Wednesday from 9.30 to usually 4.30. And, you know, to be fair, that's the time that I'm interacting with people. I'm doing these podcasts. I'm, I'm having meetings, calls, client calls, coaching calls, that kind of thing. The other times I'm with my family. But, of course, I live this business and I love this business and it's my passion. So I, I'm, I'm using that time that I am with my family to still I put myself in scenarios where I am extremely limited uh, time-wise and it actually helps me create brand new solutions for less doing. You know, if I'm, if I'm at the park with my kids, like I, I, I'm, I'm fully present, but I can go to the bathroom for two minutes and be able to deal with 10 emails in that time. You know, so it's like it's a really interesting sort of restriction I put on myself and it, it helps me create the balance that I want in my life. Now, could I get more done if I had more time? Maybe, but you know, Parkinson's law, as most of us know, says that work expands to fill the time allowed for it, and I, uh, that applies to me as much as anybody else. I find that I am extremely productive in my work days because I have a short amount of time, and I just fly through it. I don't eat. I get into a flow state almost immediately, and I just go, and it's fantastic. Let's talk about the creation of boundaries. So when people are obviously setting this stuff up, you've got these these kind of the, like we talk about the restrictive limitations and stuff. Uh, why do you have so many people? Why do you think people have so much trouble dealing with boundaries these days and setting them up so that they can actually focus on the stuff that they really need to work on that they and, and the stuff that they can only do themselves. I, I think it's just like a, a a driver of society, unfortunately, that you know everyone has to go, 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 and 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 success is basically about how much you beat yourself up, essentially, which is unfortunate because in a lot of ways, working hard is actually very lazy because anybody can just decide that they're going to just keep shoveling, 
but it takes a different mindset to stop and use your brain at a higher level to actually think about a, a more intelligent way of doing the things you're doing. And we're not used to it, honestly. So we have these two parts of our brain. We have the autopilot system one and the more analytical system two, according to Daniel Kahneman, uh, the psychologist. And most of the time we're in autopilot mode and we just do things because that's the way that we've always done them. And that's human nature in a lot of ways. So unfortunately for a lot of people, and it was the case for me, it required a pretty big crisis in, in my life to make that change. And a lot of people, that is what happens. If you see people who are in the health and wellness space or people who have created some really amazing business out of nowhere, there's usually something that, that sort of snapped and made them do that. And sometimes people have to create that for themselves, unfortunately. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the stuff that you've created uh, since you started to kind of adopt this this approach of yours. So you talked about the Less Doing Assistant program. You've done, you've done an event, obviously, right? Are you going to do another one of those? You did the Less Doing event in New York. Was it early? It was, it was last year or was it early this year? It, it was earlier this year in May, um, but I, <laughs> I, I don't think I will do another event, honestly. It was, a, it was really a lot of fun and it was a success, but I think in a lot of ways it was a distraction from the things that I really like doing. You can't, you can't really, you can't automate a whole lot of the event. I would imagine there's processes that you could automate. Like, I mean, give 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 our listeners some examples because some people out there are wanting to put together events or, or or maybe do event management. Like, were there there were elements I'm sure that you could automate, but there but the fact that you had to be there and, and that's something you just can't you can't send a clone of yourself, <laughs> right? And I mean, a lot of that really comes down to outsourcing. You, you end up outsourcing a lot more stuff in that kind of situation. So uh, as far as automation, you know, like uh, when people signed up for tickets, how they got their new information and how badges were printed and how uh, notebooks were personalized, like a lot of those processes were automated. Uh, but beyond that, yeah, it's it, it, events are tough. Like it's a real, you know, it's a very, very physical big thing. It's tough. Mm-hmm. And what other things have you created over the past couple of years? Because you've been, you mean, you, you, less doing has been blowing, you know, blowing up and scaling up quite quickly. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, so I have a coaching certification program now where I actually certify coaches in my methodology, which has been a really big boost for me because not only can they take on coaching calls for me, but they have their own businesses, which get the word out about less doing even further. And now we have this less doing assistant program, which is another really great feeder because if people don't know about less doing, most people now know what a virtual assistant is so they can at least get in the door that way and then learn more about how to be even more efficient in their lives. And uh, I'm still a, you know, a single employee company. So it's, it's, it's been very organic growth, which has been really nice. And I, I, I don't have some grandiose plan of where it's going. It's just I, I really love what I do. And so that seems to be coming through in my work. Uh, this is going to sound like a sidebar question again, maybe throw it, throw, throw something out right off here. But do you nap? Is that something that you do? Or is it not really something that fits into the equation? Because I want to dive in a little bit into the health stuff before we wrap up. Like is napping something that you either advocate or, or even just do yourself from time to time? Uh, I do advocate it. I would love to take a nap. But I, I don't. I don't <laughs> get that after, opportunity. Take one after we're done here. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I have. I have three small boys and a, a fourth <laughs> child on the way. So, uh, napping is not part of the equation. You, I'm just happy if I don't get woken up three times a night. <laughs> you want them to nap. That's the thing. At this once, once the new one arrives, and you've seen, so this is your fourth. Wow! Congratulations, by the way. That's awesome. 
uh, I was going to get into uh, so some of the health stuff that obviously I mean you had you made some changes to your life because of the health struggles. What what are you doing now? You said you ought, there's the elements of being able to optimize the health and to automate some aspects of it. What can you share with our listeners about that aspect of it? Because people do struggle with okay. Uh, first off, they, a lot of people go well. Exercise is like one of the first things that they throw out the window when they're trying to get stuff done. They're like, well, I can do that anytime because it's self and I can, you know, uh, I'll, I'll do that tonight or I'll do that first thing in the morning and they kind of fall off the bandwagon. What, what are some of the things that you've done and that you recommend people do to kind of, you know, get their health in check? Well, there's a couple, I mean, a little bit of it depends sort of what's going on. Mm-hmm. But sleep hacking is probably one of the easiest and best things that people can do to improve their health. And I have uh, one really easy big sleep pack that I like to recommend to people, which is that uh, people have to understand that the devices that we use, the uh, iPhones, laptops, TVs, they all produce light in the blue light spectrum, which signals our body that it's time to be awake. So that actually will reduce your ability to produce melatonin by up to 30% and seriously affect your sleep quality. So what you can do is go on Amazon and get a $5 pair of blue blocking sunglasses and wear those for about an hour before you go to bed. And I guarantee you that you will sleep better the first night you try it. You look silly though. You mentioned that too during the talk. Yeah, well, it depends what your you know social situation is. My <laughs> wife is fairly accept- accepting of it, but if you're uh, dating someone new, that might be a problem. Do you have morning and evening routines that you kind of uh, adhere to? Uh, because, I mean, you've got this, I mean, obviously you've you've kind of put yourself in a position where you can do what you really want to do. Do you have routines to kind of bookend your day or is it, you know, are they very minimal at best? So uh, because of the kids, I, I, I wish I actually did have a little bit more of a routine. What I, what I have, I think routines are extremely important. But what I have is I have five things basically that I, I need to do every day at some point in the day. And that to me is my routine. So uh, because morning I'm typically woken up by one of the twins and I'm up with them. And then at night it's, you know, it's sort of variable when our kids, all three of them will go to sleep at different times. And uh, a lot of what my, I mean, end of my day, honestly, is outsourcing a whole bunch of stuff. I'll send a whole bunch of things off to my VA to do or I'll dig into some automation process and it's like almost like a hobby. But for me, also nighttime is creative time. So if I need to write something or do a video, that might be the time that I'll do it because I just tend to be more creative at night. So, uh, no, I, I, I mean, I, I, think, I think the Miracle Morning from Hal Elrod is awesome. I think having a morning routine is a great thing and I do advocate it. But if you can't for whatever reason, then you should try to come up with a list of you know, three or four things that you need to get done throughout the day, whether it's meditating, um, calling a friend, whatever it might be, uh, or, uh, and just get those done at some point in the day. And then at least you have some sort of uh, base, you know. All right, well, let's wrap things up. Ari, this has been great. Where can people find you on the internet so that they can learn more about, you know, optimizing, uh, you know, automating and outsourcing? Well, thanks, Mike. That was a really fun conversation. Uh, they can go to lessdoing.com. And actually, no, as a matter of fact, uh, if people are interested, because I like to offer this when I do podcast interviews, is they can go to lessdoingcall.com. And if they'd like, they can book a free 30-minute productivity maximizer call with one of my coaches. That's a, a totally free coaching call and they can get some really actionable advice on how they can find out more about us doing or get started with us doing or just get to inbox zero. That's awesome. That's awesome. So make sure you take advantage of that, everybody. Ari, thanks again for joining me this week on the show. Thanks, Mike. So I hope the 
Skype issues weren't too distracting. Again, I apologize. Not much we can do about that. And as you heard, Ari and I are very kind of protective and with our time. And more so, actually more so, he's got some very strict, you know, boundaries in terms of, you know, this is when I can do stuff. And rather than, you know, sometimes you just can't replicate those conversations. And some of the stuff we had going on, especially in the Patreon call, uh, the Patreon edition, rather, um, we it would have been tough to get that back. Actually, we had to stop at one point, and uh, I wanted to make sure I circled back to some of the stuff he mentioned that we had to cut out, just simply because Skype decided to turn him into a Cylon on my side of things. For those of you who don't know what a Cylon is... Um, it's uh, by your command from the old Battlestar Galactica series, not the more modern one, but the one from the '70s where they sounded very. Uh, um, maybe I should just put a link in the show notes. Anyway, uh, <laughs> for those of you who are uh, joining me that also listen to the Patreon edition, thanks so much. You could obviously tell the difference between the two in terms of what content exists. And while we're here, let's talk about one of the Patreon supporters that has just joined the campaign as of this recording. Jeremy Nazareth, thanks so much for your support. Uh, I really do appreciate it. For those of you who are not Patreon supporters, head over to patreon.com slash productivityist. Check out all the perks, all the milestones that we're looking for, all the extra stuff that you would get, the two bonus episodes, the additional content, the monthly video that I send out, kind of a, almost like a State of the Union or, or, or some kind of address of sorts. I also talk about other stuff that's going on too. You can, uh, again, contribute any dollar amount that you, you're able to from 1 to 100 just go to patreon.com slash productivityist and you can do that. Uh, finally, the other thing is, is if you're not able to do that, and I don't talk about this as much, is I'd love to get ratings and reviews uh, in iTunes or whatever podcast aggregator you're using. It just helps more people find the show. And we've got a lot of really cool guests coming up. And, and if you look at the back catalog, we've had like a lot of really cool guests on the show before. You can go back and listen to people like Andrew Sinkoff, who's been on the show. And, you know, I mean, David Allen's been on the show, the uh, the founder of Getting Things Done. And there's a whole slew of people that you can go back at. Todd Henry, uh, John Acuff. I mean, there's a lot of people we've had on the show. The podcast, I, I, I pride myself on making these last under an hour because I know your time is precious. And in fact, in most cases, they hover around the 30 to 40 minute mark. So you've got an extendable period of time. It's good for the commute. And it's a great way to either start your week. Uh, if you're listening to it later than when the podcast comes out, or a great way, great way to end your week or hit that middle of the week uh, kind of slog and to kind of inspire you to move things forward. Because a lot of the guests I have on are making things happen every single day, and they've got very unique stories. And Ari Mizell is definitely not... Uh, he's not an exception to that. He's got an amazing story, and he's built an amazing uh, amazing platform. And I highly recommend you uh, take advantage of his offer of the free free coaching session with one of his coaches because I think that you'll get a lot of, uh, a lot of value out of that. So Oh, and before I forget, big thanks to Transpose for sponsoring this week's episode of the podcast. Really glad to have them on board. And don't forget, Transpose is the place where you can really make great work happen. Um, I'm a big fan, and I hope that you will give it a go. Uh, So again, big thanks to Transpose for sponsoring this week's episode of the podcast. That's it for me this week. Uh, We'll be back next week with a shiny new episode of the Productivities Podcast. Until then... Stop guessing, start going, and keep moving things forward. We'll see you next week.